We know affordability is a big theme in this election. Andrew Shears banking on pocket issues, uh, pocketbook issues as the key to his success. And of course, Mr. Trudeau is too. And uh, a couple of headlines today speak to what I think these leaders need to be tackling. And one of those comes from Equifax, which is now reporting that delinquency rates are on the rise. And bankruptcy rates have taken a real sharp turn, more so in Ontario, which saw a jump of 11%. And then there's this other report, which is called the, you know, about the sandwich generation. These are people with both kids and parents. And they're being forced to put their own needs on the line to take care of both kids and parents. So we are going backwards. And the reports speak to very different issues, but they're very much the same because when you're broke, you're broke. And when debt is, you know, you're drowning in it and you're moving debt from card to card or you're maybe you're taking equity out of your home just to stay afloat, God help us if there's a rise in interest rates, which will happen. A lot of people are going to be in a lot of trouble. Let's bring in Ian Lee to this conversation. Of course, you know him from Sprott School of Management. Hello there, sir. Good afternoon, Alex. I don't. I mean, it's no secret, Ian, that people are just kind of just uh, just drowning in debt right now. But the numbers are not going down, and I think everyone's kind of banking on the fact that the interest rates won't move. And we've been lucky, but we won't stay lucky. Uh, you're right. Um, my bigger concern, actually, Alex, is not so much the interest rates, and I'm not denying what you're suggesting. Uh, but I think what'll happen sooner than that is we'll go into a recession, and uh, the 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 top of the line numbers. You know the the, uh, the 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 headline numbers are looking very good. We hear about them. You know, very, unemployment's very low, but when you drill down and and um, and David Rosenberg, a very very distinguished, completely nonpartisan economist, he's chief economist at Gluskin Chef, and before that he was in Wall Street for many years as the CEO of a uh, chief uh, economist of uh, Merrill Lynch. Um, he's drilled into the numbers, drilled down. And he's showing how capital expenditures has dropped very dramatically. That's the amount of business spending on things like new plants and new technology. And that we know from 70, 80, 100 years of economic research is one of the critical indicators of future growth is capital expenditures. Well, CapEx is the slang term is. That's the slang cool talk for it. Capital expenditures, CapEx. So we can talk cool talk now. Uh, CapEx is down very dramatically. And our trade is down. So when you get below the headline numbers, you know, the ones, the, the shiny baubles that get all the, the media attention, mm-hmm. the numbers are looking very dark. And my point is, is I, I, unemployment, when you get laid off, is way worse Ugh. for you than mm-hmm. the interest rate going up one or two points. Which when you're laid off, you, you get a 100% pay cut. Yes, and I, I recall the four coming. years of hell. It was an awful, awful, I don't, I don't exactly. wish it on anyone. Exactly. And, and so my point is, is that I, I don't think things are as rosy as, as people think they are right now. Rosenberg is this lonely guy in the wilderness. He's a very, very distinguished economist, widely respected. But he's been criticizing other economists, bank economists and so forth, for, for painting such a rosy picture when he says when you drill down into that. And these numbers are public. They're not secret numbers, but they're getting into the weeds. You know, a yeah. lot of people don't go into the weeds, and he does. And, and he says these numbers are uh, – and he's, he's predicting we're going into recession. Right. And so that's going to be much more challenging 
then if interest rates go up uh, one one half of one percent or one or two percent. But that talking point will not do in an election. So what we keep hearing exactly. is that, you know, the great economy, we created a million jobs, yeah. everything's great. And for some reason, the data and the middle class in this country are saying, I don't know where everyone's doing so great. I must yeah. be one of the people missing out. But I don't know where this data is coming on the, the job numbers. And I'm simply right. stupefied as to why the economy is going as well, well as it is. But the bottom line is we're not getting ahead. Yes. And, and Alex, I want to raise the second point, because the first point is that's sort of the macro. The economy is not doing as well as we think it is. The numbers are going down. The critical the leading indicators are, are declining, are going downward. So that's that's one concern. The, the other big concern is that the two largest regions in the country for population mm-hmm. are your area of the woods, your neck of the woods, called the GTA, mm-hmm. and the other is Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, huge numbers of Canadians live in those two areas. And my my criticism of government policy, both federal, provincial, and municipal, in both the GTA region and the Vancouver region, has been that a lot of these problems, in my uh, I say this very respectfully, have been created by bad policy. What you mean, spun? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying that, you know, it's become yeah. very unaffordable because yep. rents are very high. Mm-hmm. Rents are very high because we've created shortages of rent, of rental housing, called because of rent control yeah. laws, which we know from study after study, from literally from the end of the Second World War, is showing that rent controls create housing shortages. But it doesn't stop there. In those two cities, there is a very strong uh, group of number of people in the urban core who use this word all the time, urban sprawl, and they treat it as a swear word, as a cuss word, as bad, bad, bad. And you can't, you know, expand out beyond the green belt because this is terrible. This is terrible. It's urban sprawl. Urban sprawl is the pejorative, contemptuous phrase for ordinary people wanting to go and buy a house in the suburbs. In the United States, which is 10 times larger than we are, they do not have the problems with a couple of rare exceptions, one of them being New York City. They do not have the problems that we have in Vancouver and in in Toronto. My point being that they allow growth to occur out on the edges of the city. In my own city, you know, not yep. that I'm saying we're, the, we're the, the model of great governance. I don't want anyone to think I'm saying that. But we do allow new suburbs to be created. And you can buy a wonderful, my daughter just bought a new starter home at the very outer edge of Ottawa, a starter home, brand new row house, all fully furnished with the air conditioning and all that stuff for $400,000. That is, just you say that to someone in Toronto and they think you're crazy. Yep. I mean, you know, it, and but we have done it because we haven't constrained artificially the supply of new land and 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 and, and housing development as they have the municipal councillors and the government of Ontario in the last 10 years in the McGinty and Wynn years and I'm not doing this to be partisan I'm just being factual they they were very much you know urban sprawl is bad it's bad for the environment you know and and so they created a lot of policies that deliberately um, controlled slowed down stopped the supply of new burbs being built right. on the edges of, and by the way, there's lots of quotes on the record, so I mean, I'm not making this stuff up, but the price we paid, Alex, 
is we drove the price of real estate, which is the cost of shelter, whether you own it or you rent it, is typically the largest single expenditure in anybody's budget, unless you're you know, a gazillionaire or something. The average person, it's shelter costs. So what they did in the GTA region and they did in Vancouver is they engineered through really bad social policies, they engineered serious restrictions in supply. And in so doing, they drove the prices up. And I argue this contemporary crisis that everybody is dealing with is a problem. Of all It could be traced right back to the whole problem of, of housing, whether you own it or whether you rent it. Well, let me, because uh, I've only got about a minute left, but is there any policy? I mean, obviously, Shear's going to target pocketbook issues. He's bringing back all the Harper kind of tax, uh, boutique tax ideas. And then, of course, Mr. Trudeau's trying to outdo this with parental benefits in this. Is there any plan that actually makes sense to you so far from what you've heard to address middle-class people, everyday people falling behind? I, I was on um, CTV in uh, Ottawa this morning talking about this very question, and I said this is a fascinating election because the two parties are taking two very different approaches. And I characterized this is very big picture stuff. I said the Liberals are really going down the road and saying we're going to go towards a tax and spend path to growth. So we're going to whack you with really big taxes, including carbon taxes, and then we're going to redistribute it back to subsidies to manufacturers, to daycare centers, and so forth. What the conservatives are doing is saying we're going to tax cut and spend our way to growth. And of the two, those are the two choices on, on call. And I don't believe the other parties have a serious shot at forming the government. That's why I'm only talking about the liberals mm-hmm. and the conservatives. Yeah. And I think that the party that's promising to put more money immediately into our pocketbook by a universal tax cut is going to, I'm not saying it's going to solve the problem, but it's going to act more quickly. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a, a more robust solution than saying, well, you know, I'm going to do trickle-down economics by uh, jacking up your taxes called a carbon tax, and then I'm going to selectively redistribute it back through grants yeah. to daycare centers, grants to some corporations, and hope that they spend it and inject it back into the economy. I mean, that's sort of call that left-wing trickle-down. There's right-wing trickle-down or conservative trickle-down. This is left-wing or progressive trickle-down, and I don't think it's, it's that effective. No, nope, because it never trickles into my pocket. All right. On that note, Ian, i got to talk. Uh, I'll let you go, but we will, of course, talk again in this election. Thank you. That is Ian Lee joining us. And uh, again, it's like that conversation we had last night with uh, Sean Spear uh, talking about how rural areas just being left behind because it's all about the urban centers and what they want and what they get and the technology and all the rest of it. On Point on Global News Radio.